Empire. As arenas fully open this fall, how crowds move is integral information. As time went on, in the very not so distant future after that, you know, our, our email inbox started to blow up because everything that we've been preaching for the past seven years, you need to know how crowds are behaving. You need to know the ebb and flow of people in your arena. It's, it's a white elephant in the room that people try to get around by saying, oh no, we'll just add a kiosk. That's Zach Klima, CEO of Wait Time, whose company has shifted to accommodate teams who are trying to provide safe environments. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Zach Klima was a guest of this pod some time back and introduced us to his company, Wait Time, technology that would help stadiums and fans alike find shorter wait lines for bathrooms or concessions. But then a pandemic hit, and suddenly his technology could help teams understand crowd management and interest in his business, it changed. Our guest this week is Zach Klima, who is the CEO and founder of Wait Time, which aims to accentuate the experience in-game through its mobile technology. Zach, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. Um, this has been crazy year and a half, especially in sports and sports technology. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate the time. Um, so when last we spoke, uh, I think it was either pre-pandemic, probably pre-pandemic, um, and why don't you? Why don't we just kind of go back a little bit and tell our listeners what the purpose of wait time is, and then we can talk about what's happened here with the in-stadium experience over the last eighteen months. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started wait time about seven years ago, and we have the only patented artificial intelligence crowd management solution across the world, which means that we've developed. Uh, a patented artificial intelligence and a number of different algorithms that monitor the crowd movement of not devices of each person, but the actual person of each person anonymously. So if you think of concession lines, restroom lines, retail lines, uh, or ingress and egress, we are monitoring their movements uh, every 25th of a second. So you're able, we're able to know, you know, the crowd movement analysis of how areas across the building are performing in real time. So, which means that operations are able to make changes based off of um, what's actually happening rather than what they assume is happening. And then from a fan side or a patron side, we aggregate this data on uh, this information for the fans to see where the shortest lines are to navigate crowds uh, based off of real time conditions. Uh, event over event. Okay. How did you come up with this? Were you just pissed that you were waiting in a bathroom line too long at a game? Like how in the world would this have come up? Uh, you know, it's uh, it was a beer line, <laughs> not a bathroom. Line. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So I was at Detroit. I'm a big Detroit guy. So um, it was a Detroit Red Wings game about seven years ago, about seven and a half years ago. And uh, I missed the game winning goal. Cause I was in line in an overtime game stupid me for leaving my seat but I'm glad I did and I'm you know I'm a pretty impatient person just like every other sports fan there is and what I'm you know I'm sitting there I'm like well okay I just missed everything so that's cool but also if I would have known you know, how long the lines are 
who wouldn't like that? Who wouldn't love that as an experience? And so uh, that was really the uh, the impetus to get started. And one thing led to another. And um, I, I knew that uh, after months and months of research, there was there that was actually feasible. So um, I pounced on the opportunity. Um, and initially, was this for to help you, the consumer, the fan, or were you thinking initially how this could be utilized in terms of, of a team perspective? No, it was uh, initially a fan experience play um, because that's where my the initial idea came from of how great would it be to know what the wait times are before you leave your seat on that team's mobile application. And so, you know, when we first got started and I started to link up with some big people that were going to make this thing a reality or help make it a reality, um, you know, what we said was wait time in five years from now will be very different and will have evolved dramatically from the initial idea, which it has. So it's become a very uh, impactful and revolutionary operational tool along with an award-winning guest experience platform, which is where it started. Very cool. Um, it was funny. I was thinking about you when I saw the new Clippers arena get announced, or at least the renderings of what's coming in Hollywood. And Steve yep. Ballmer, the owner, made a very big deal of how many toilets are going to be in this stadium because it matters to him that people don't wait in line to go to the bathroom. And so his answer to that is to just add more facilities, which I thought was I've thought about you. And I'm like, I wonder if Zach agrees with that, with that, uh, with that idea. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because we work with a lot of architects and designers around the world that design stadiums. And they go, oh, well, you know, we have, we get this uh, request a lot, like Bomber's request. And the, 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 you know, the architectural answer is, oh, put in more bathrooms. But that costs millions of dollars uh, to do, right? And so if you had technology like ours that is more about the redistribution of people, it's not about having more bathrooms, it's about load balancing what you already have. And so with that being said, that's where we come into play. Um, as a hand and glove fit. Yeah, I mean, th that's what I was, I've thought about. I mean, I think every sports fan has had this experience, and this is kind of outside of, of what you're doing, but maybe could be something down the road. The fans who go to a lot of games know the shortcuts to get to the parking lots, to the place that's going to allow them to get into the building faster. Everyone has their own way that comes with experience, and you're just helping get shortcuts here. So it's not about more, it's about processing the information differently, right? I mean, that was, isn't that what this is all about? Exactly, exactly. That, that's 100% correct. And, you know, we were met in the beginning, we were met with a ton of resistance because, you know, it wasn't, um, there was a big mindset in the sports industry of technology of if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or why are you putting a microscope over our operations? Or this will never work because you're a young entrepreneur and what the hell do you know? And so as time went on and the pandemic hit, it really augmented our value from a nice to have, which is what I described just then, to more of a need to have because you need to know crowd management. You need to have line of sight into operational intelligence. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a moment where people were starting to think, okay, yeah, now I get what Waytime's talking about for the past five years. So the cell then, did you have to show them – 
look, if you use our technology, because I, I, I don't know, how do you monitor or gauge fan experience? You would need literal polling feedback, I assume, from people to tell you they had a better experience because of the technology. But can you show them a bottom line of, you know, if you use our technology, this is how much more commerce happens within your arena? Is that is that yeah. how you kind of do it? So the first one is the... Uh, you know, uh, fan experience is hard to measure, right? Um, you know, um, uh, you know, to quantify, uh, you know, with quantitative evidence as opposed to qualitative evidence, it's hard to quantify that because uh, a lot of it is subjective, right? So you have to get feedback and all that good stuff. So what we said is, because of how many fans look at our digital signage, which is the crowd intelligent wayfinding throughout the arena, because of how many fans look at it, we in turn created a net new advertising network of net new advertisers and sponsors to be coupled with our technology of what we're showing the fans very, um, you know, uh, very sensitively. So the first uh, quantitative ROI for a fan experience is sponsorship. So we actually have proved out sponsorship in every single venue that we're in right now uh, that has the fan facing elements of our solution. And so we have now a really interesting sponsorship model. So we can go in, they, they don't have to pay anything. We pay for it all and we monetize our assets and then we give them, uh, you know, rev share on the back end. So that's how we, that's how we uh, quantitatively measure the, um, the, the uh, impact of wait time on fan experience. And then can you show, hey, look, more beers are sold, more sodas are sold, more hot dogs are sold, more shirts, t-shirts, whatever, because we directed people to go at certain times Correct. or showed them where they can. Correct. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, that, that's what we call, um, you know, obviously the per cap increase, right? So, you know, spending is up across the board with a number of venues that we're in because of how many fans redistribute themselves across the venue more evenly. But a lot of that has to do with wait time, but there's a lot of other things that have to do with it as well. So we can't single-handedly take credit for per cap increase, yeah. but we're definitely part of that pie. Um, we're not going to be unrealistic to say, oh, if your per cap increased 11% since last year, that has solely to do with wait time. Wait time has a lot to do with it, but not everything to do with it. Um, but we, we do have those metrics as well. But it's hard to single-handedly quantify that for wait time yeah. in terms of per cap increase. But we do, uh, we have proven to increase per cap. For the fan experience, as you know, a lot of teams are doing everything mobily now. Ticketing is mobile. They're doing a lot of offers, advertising, all sorts of things. It's becoming a digital passport for being a fan to be in an in-stadium experience. Are you integrated in this or do you intend to be integrated in all of this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the bit, the mobile strategy is, is part of the fan experience side of wait time. You know, so we integrate all the information with that team's mobile strategy. So fans at their seat are able to see what the wait times are at their fingertips in real time before they even get up out of their seat. So, you know, you know, some of the bigger um, mobile app companies out there, you know, our preferred that we work with is venue ties because of how amazing they are, their, their progressive nature of pushing the boundaries of innovation. So when it comes to, you know, our mobile integration and our mobile story, um, it's a very big part of it because, you know, having this information at your fingertips is key to and vital to that increased fan experience, especially coming out of the pandemic. 
Okay, so let's talk. I hope you're right. We're coming out of the pandemic. I mean, I feel like we're rounding third here, but but we'll see. Um, let's assume that's yep. true. But tell me a little bit about the last 18 months and how you have thought about your technology and implementing it in crowd management at a time when that's not just to sell more dogs and get people in the bathroom quicker. It's to keep people safe. Correct. Yeah. So a lot's been, uh, you know, when the pandemic hit, everyone took a huge pause and, you know, and, you know, tightened their belts and did everything they had to do to survive as, as we did. But as time went on in the very not so distant future after that, you know, our, our email inbox started to blow up because, everything that we've been preaching for the past seven years, you need to know how crowds are behaving. You need to know the ebb and flow of people in your arena. It's, it's a white elephant in the room that people try to get around by saying, oh, no, we'll just add a kiosk or we'll have, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it because we know the, the ebb and flow of our concourses, et cetera. Where then when the pandemic hit, it, it, really, it really showed the, the, pri- the real priority of venues upon reopening which is crowd management, crowd intelligence. So the way that we've changed, we've added a couple algorithms, and, and, and the, the biggest one is our entry-exit algorithm. So, you know, our artificial intelligence with our cameras mounted over uh, doorways and entryways to different spaces, we can very accurately monitor how many people are in that space in real time, so real-time occupancy of spaces. Uh, and so the way that we look at it, it's not about, having a better experience with wait time it's having a safer experience with wait time both operationally because they need to know where the people are in real time they can set they can now set with wait time software they can set customized threshold alerts so if it hits a certain number of people in line if it hits a certain uh capacity of people notify my staff it's a company called instant connect that we work with that has a military communication platform so in terms of proactive alerting that's the way that, you know, we, we go into these venues now to increase the, the, the health and safety aspect. But also on the fan experience side, people need to know more than ever where the crowds are because long lines that were once a bad experience are now a risk zone. So they're not just a long line anymore. It's a risk zone of, you know, um, you know people, which obviously right now is um, you're trying to avoid clusters of people. So the way that we changed it was more from a, was from a more of a, a elevated experience to a more health and safety focused experience using the same core product set that we had, but we just told the story differently, um, which which is um, you know obviously all around the safe return of fans to these arenas. So I, I wonder from your perspective now, because you know as we both sit here and hope that we are coming out of the pandemic and that things will go back to normal at some point and masks will come off and people will just get back to life as we kind of knew it. Do you believe that all of this type of technology that you're talking about will change the way we interact in stadiums in perpetuity or is this a temporary thing to deal with a unique event in our history? No, uh, it's going to be the rules are fully rewritten right now. And we see building standards change, uh, technology building standards changing across the board. And it's very interesting because we've been compared in a lot of a lot of aspects. If you think about 9/11, with airline travel, with everything that happened post 9/11 in terms of safety, 
and you know different um, building standards and different processes and systems that are in place stemming from 2001 are now still in place today because of how dramatic the uh, event was on September 11th. So moving forward out of the pandemic, these are re um, rewritten building standards that are here to stay forever because the sports industry, along with many other industries, cannot withstand another COVID-19 crisis. Yeah. So they have to always monitor this because if we go back to a lockdown, if we go back to, um, you know, quarantine, you know, there are now systems and processes in place that have precedent because of what we just went through. It's really interesting you bring up 9-11. I mean, I'm old enough now because I'm, I'm 48. I remember what travel was like before 9-11. And if you told people the ease of which you could walk through the security measures, they'd be in shock if you told them how easy. And, and we've just grown accustomed to what the line is going to be like or whether you get pre-check or whether you get clear, whatever you use to try to expedite the process of getting through security. But you, no one would believe you now who don't remember what travel was like at the time and how different it was. And to your point, it is an event that is now 20 years old and we still have these same processes in place. Yep, that is correct. Yeah. So that's the way that we view it. That's the way everything's been told to us. Uh, that's what we see out there in the market um, moving forward. Um, as you look at new stadiums that are being built, modern stadiums, we've talked to a lot of people here about what fans expect from the modern experience. There's seems to be more fluidity. There might be flexible seating options for people where they're, they're not buying a season ticket package as we knew it. Um, as you know, there's a lot of different activations that are going into stadiums. Now they're becoming entertainment hubs, not just hosting games. Um, how do you kind of view how you fit into what the modern stadium experience will be like? Yeah, so, you know, when we when I first started wait time and we first got going, we were about four years ahead of the market because of how futuristic and how disruptive our technology and our solution was. And so throughout the pandemic, you know, as I, uh, I alluded to earlier, we linked up with a, a number of large companies, the biggest being Cisco. So we're now Cisco's go-to crowd management solution where Cisco saw the writing on the wall years ago because they're the most progressive technology company in the world in my opinion, um, which is evidenced by them basically owning all technology across the world. So with that being said, the way that we see us, we see us as a pivotal part of the modern stadium experience because of what just happened, number one. But number two, they have to compete with, you know, the at-home experience, right? Um, the at-home experience of no lines, of line of sight into getting food and beverage, etc. So you have to offer what people expect, especially the younger generation, you have to give them what they expect. It's not a luxury. It's an expectation at this point in time. And especially coming from the pandemic. So um, moving forward, I mean, obviously it's probably a selfish comment, but with the help of Cisco and, and Intel and others that we're working with, you know, I think that will be baked into the core strategy of modern stadium technology stack moving forward. All right. Last thing. And this is really just, I'm curious how do you guys do it? How do you monitor 20 to 50 to 80,000 people moving around and, and have reliable data that tells you how they move around a building? Yeah, it's a good question. So we've developed an artificial intelligence where we have four patented algorithms. And what we do is we mount cameras 
directly above anywhere where there's a line. So you think of concession lines, restroom lines, retail lines, ingress and egress to, uh, you know, a gate entrance to a club in the arena or stadium, anywhere where there's a throughput of people and our artificial intelligence anonymously. So we don't look at faces. We don't look at gender. We don't look at devices. It's completely anonymized. And we look at um, how fast people are moving the, the, the quantity of uh, how many people are in that area every 25th of a second. So that means that we enable operations of that venue to respond to the needs of, of ever-changing conditions throughout the concourses uh, in real time. So our artificial intelligence is real time. There is no latency. And so we're able to monitor all of these different locations simultaneously with a very high degree of precision accuracy which has been battle-tested on four, uh, which is crazy to think, but four continents now across the world. It's incredible. Zach Klima is the CEO and founder of Wait Time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. On the next Future Sport Podcast, the prevention of COVID or other airborne viruses is something Grant Morgan wants to see controlled. We are doing that's really going to help equip our customers is is um, proving to them that we're, we're you know, affecting health outcomes. So you know, people that frequent the spaces that our zero products are installed in, they'll see, yes, they're getting used, and that should correlate to better health outcomes. But over time, as we collect that data and, and actually demonstrate time after time um, that, look, these are the safest places that people get sick less. Grant Morgan's company, R-Zero, was born out of the first pandemic on American soil in over a century. His goal is to help everyone, including teams, control what they can, their services. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.